0: is the outreach.fm podcast nowadays sometimes you can look at the world and think we've gone crazy things seem out of control but remember god is always in control are you looking for something fresh new and exciting this is the outreach.fm podcast Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank Jesus. If
1: you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 1, please. Uh, we've been in this little mini series called about don't quit. Everyone say I'm not quitting. We gave them all a t-shirt this week about that. All of the young people got a t-shirt. It's not the quote Success is Even if you don't quit, it's a little bit different one, but it's, uh, I think it's the only way that you lose is if you quit or something like that. I, I don't know what they put on there, but, uh, I got one, but I just, anyway, but we're going to go in a little bit more of a different direction for a second here. We'll tie together. I want to talk to you today about overcoming disappointment. Because I know that people today are facing a lot of disappointment. Disappointment comes primarily when you have an expectation that is not met. In other words, you had a certain thought, this is going to happen. You prepared for it. Uh, You mentally prepared for it. You emotionally prepared for it. You might have physically prepared for it. And it was just like, okay. And then all of a sudden it doesn't come. And then disappointment sets in. And disappointment has a lot of friends. It has depression and despair and defeat and a lot of different things that it will attract. So you've got to be very vigilant not to be overcome with disappointment. Everybody's going to have some disappointments. Amen. Everybody. But there is a counter to the disappointment. Father, thank you for the word we're about to receive. We receive it with gladness in Jesus' name. All God's people shouted. Now, we're going to read some very familiar scripture, so bear with me as we go quickly here. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, everyone say after. God always has an after. Now, this is a pretty serious moment in history here. Up to this time, Moses, it could be argued, and I don't think it even could be argued, was the greatest leader ever. Abraham wasn't necessarily so much a leader. He was a father of nations, but Moses got, you know, millions of people out of bondage. But I want you to notice God has an after death. Are you here? Something dies in your life. God has an after. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. Hmm. Isn't that interesting that in the King James Version, it uses this phrase, uh, Joshua was Moses' minister. He ministered to the man of God. You know. Uh, You may think that as your pastor, I do all the ministering to you, but you don't realize that sometimes you minister to me. You minister to me by just being here, by supporting the church, by saying, Pastor, thank you. Way to go. We appreciate you. Little things like that mean a lot. Amen? Amen. Moses, my servant, is dead. And here comes God with the plan. Now, therefore, arise, go over the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I give unto you, even to the children of Israel. Every, everyone say every. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. And I notice only the place that they set their foot on was given to them. They had to get up and go. I believe there are some things that have already been given to us and we've got to rise up and go. And the devil will try to get you stuck in discouragement, death, defeat, depression. You got to get up. There's some things that belong. You got to get up. Of course, the devil doesn't want you to get up. Verse 4 From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites, under the Great Sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. If, now remember, if you get up and go, if you don't get caught up in defeat, if you don't get caught up in death, if you don't get caught up in depression. These things are, these things will never, you'll never know them if you get caught up in those things. No man will be able to stand before you. I will be with you and I will not fail you or forsake you. The literal Hebrew, you know what that means there where he says, I will not fail you? God said, I won't give up on you. Now, I've had a lot, I don't how many of you ever had somebody give up on you? As a pastor, it happens all the time to me. I've had people that, you know, we are with you till Jesus comes. Amen. Jesus must have come a thousand times in my lifetime. I didn't even know it. But isn't it great that God told Joshua, I won't fail you. I'm telling you something else. I won't give up on you. I won't give up on you. It's good to know you got somebody that won't give up on you. Now he says, be strong. And now we're going to find out how do you get over discouragement? Well, we can see it right here. Be strong and of a good courage. Now, if there's a good courage, there's a bad courage. And the bad courage is discouragement. That's a bad form of courage is to be discouraged. But he said, I want you to be of a good courage. I don't want you to get caught up in discouragement. I don't want you to get caught up in defeat. I don't want you to get caught up in death. I don't want you to get caught up in depression. I want you to have good courage to say good courage. Notice this. For unto this people you will divide for an inheritance the land which I swear to their fathers have given. Only be thou strong and what? Very courageous. I want you you to be of a good courage and I want that courage to just grow and grow and grow and grow. Because when you are very courageous, discouragement has a hard time getting hold of you. Can you say Amen. Now, we know that he goes on to tell him how to do it, to keep the the word in your mouth, keep it in your, meditate in it day and night. We know all of that. And then he goes on one last time and just says in verse nine, be strong and be of a good courage. Can you shout amen? Amen. Why did God choose Joshua out of all the people? Okay, he ministered to Moses. Yeah, that probably was a nice check off the list. It probably gave him some points there. But let me tell you why God chose Joshua over millions of other people. It's because Joshua had a different perspective. Remember the story of the 12 spies and they went out to spy the land. This is the land that God had promised and and God said, you know, Moses sent them out and said, "Go, go look it over, come back and give me a report. And remember that 10 of them came back and they were like, oh my God, it's yeah, it's got some nice stuff in there, but there's giants and we're grasshoppers and we can't do it and there's no way we'll ever be able to do it and just forget about it. But there were two named Joshua and Caleb, and they came back with a different report. Now, listen to me. This is very important. Don't, don't think that you know what I'm about to say. Don't get ahead of the preaching. Did they all see the same thing? What was the difference? Their perspective. Joshua and Caleb have a, had a different perspective of what they saw than the other ten. Now, they've done studies on this, you know, and you've heard me say this before. There were 12 spies. I'm pretty good at math. I love math. I don't think today, you know, I don't know. How in the world can you teach somebody trigonometry and all of these other things when they can't add and subtract? I think we need to get back to just teaching multiplication, addition, subtraction, fractions. I mean, if we just get that in. But, Two out of 12, if you go into fractions that had a different perspective, is, of course, one out of six, which means there were five to one, the ratio, that had a different perspective. And that's pretty much the way life is going to be. You're you're not going to have as many people telling you you can do it as are telling you you can't. You're going to have an overabundance of people in your life tell you how you can't do it and you won't do it and here's why and I wouldn't think about it. If I were you, I wouldn't try and all. and all, But you can't let their discouragement get inside of you. He said, be very courageous. He said, when you got some courage, go get some more courage and go get some more courage and go get some more courage. And God said, the more courage you get, listen, the more ground you take. That's what he said. Every place you set the sole of your feet. Yeah, the more courage you get, the more ground you take. You need to be in a place where you are being encouraged. That's my job as your pastor. Yes, I'll... Now, now listen, uh, Joshua and Caleb did not come back and say, there are no giants. There's nothing there. Uh, they didn't come. No, no, no. They said, they are there, are there. But he said, we're, 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 we, can, we can take them. We can take them. They didn't come back with a false report. They came back with a better perspective. Can you shout amen? All about perspective. In your life today, you've got some stuff going on that you need to get a better perspective about this. Now, if you were without God, you should be afraid. If you were without the word of God that tells you what to do, you should be worried. If if you were without the Holy Spirit, you probably should just go home and lock your doors and wait to die. But you're not without them. God tells Joshua, I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not quit on you. If you keep your courage, if you don't get discouraged. Oh, this could turn into a series all by itself. Can you shout amen? So we've got to fight discouragement. Everyone say fight discouragement. Discouragement produces hopelessness, despair. Number three, dread. You know, people get it. Number four, the cessation. Now, this is kind of a strange word, but cessation of living. Because when you get into discouragement, you're you, you don't you're not you're just existing, That's it. That's it. a cessation of living. Uh, discouragement causes a debilitating attitude. A debilitating attitude. Of course, it also produces a sense of defeat if you get discouraged, and then finally it hits you in your personal self, about your personal value, you get disappointed and you suddenly feel a little bit worthless. So you're going you're gonna to have to fight back against this. Now, now stay with me here. I'm not looking at anybody, but statistics tell me five out of six of you are negative. That's what statistics tell me. And you're the ones that are going to have to fight the hardest to say I am not taking on that demeanor. I am going to overcome. Can you shout amen? So, uh, given the limited amount of time I have for you, go to Numbers chapter 21. It's just back a couple of books from where you already are. Numbers 21. And uh, we just, again, we, I'm going to get over to the other part of this. I don't have a lot of time, I, but I probably ought to read these verses. We'll just go quickly. Numbers 21, verse 4. And they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. It was a little tougher. It was a little harder. The terrain was different. It wasn't as easy as what they'd known. And they got, it says they got, notice it, it affected their soul. The soul of the people got discouraged. What is your soul? Your mind, your emotions, and your will. And the people spake against God. See, when you get discouraged, you will make false statements about God. Did you just hear what I said? When you get discouraged, you will make false statements. Why did God do this? And why did God do that? How come God never does anything for me? I tell you, he, he must have it in for me. Those are all lies. That's a false statement. When you get discouraged, it affects your speech. It affects your perspective and the way you see things. And they spoke against Moses too. Oh, I know what that feels like. People get discouraged, right? And they said, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread. Neither is there any water. And our soul loathes this light bread. (laughs) God had been feeding them personally every day. And they said, we're tired of this. We want something else. Are you hearing me? God is baking and having bread delivered to them every day and it's not good enough? Why isn't the church full? Why, why, aren't, why aren't people rushing to get to church? Sunday morning, you ought to have a, a, a rush. You ought to have an adrenaline rush of, it is church day, yes! I'm going to get my courage up again. I'm going to get my perspective right again. I'm going to get back in the fight again. I'm going on my way to my promised land again. Woo! I can't wait to get to church. Can you shout amen? So because of what they did, it says the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people. Because see, when you get discouraged, you open the door to everything else. Can you shout amen? Now, let me... Flip that for a minute. We'll get back to this next week. I I had a lot more about that, but I don't want to get stuck in that today. But what about encouragement? What about encouragement? Now, there are nine motivational gifts over in Romans chapter 12. One of them says exhortation, but the literal part of that is encouraging. When I took the motivational test back in 30 years ago, when Jim and Sylvia first came in 93, they came to our church. They gave these motivational gift surveys. Some of you've taken them. Uh, and they can figure out what your motivational gift is. What it means is you're heavier in this. You might have some of all of them, and most of us do, but this is one that you're just, you just excel in, and what they found, about, found out about me is my motivational gift is to encourage. How many of you have ever noticed that? I'll tell you, you can do it. I'll tell you, you're going to make it. I'll tell you, you can overcome. But I'm not just saying it as a slogan. I'm saying it based on God's word when pastor william tells you that i don't want you just hear to well you know him he's an encourager and i mean my god if somebody's falling out of a 50 story building he tell him it'll be all right till you land you know you know but you know but i'm telling you from based on the word of god what is encouragement listen the greek word for encourage is the where, the word parakaleo and here's seven things that it means the word for encouragement it means to inspire with courage Today, I'm putting courage back in you. Some of you have been facing some enemies. How many of you already feel like your courage is rising a little bit? Yeah, see? Uh, To inspire courage, to boost forward. I love that about it. you come on, come on, come on. Come on now, come on. Right? To boost forward. To give hope to. An encourager causes someone to get their hope back. And we should have hope, Right? Because listen, without hope, you can't have faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you got to have hope to get to faith. Can you shout amen? It means to hearten. I like that. It means to like strengthen your inner, the inner part of a person. Because when you get disappointed and you fall into these other things, you get a little shaky on the inside. Things get a little shaky. That would be number four. Number five, it means to cheer on. Yeah, you can come on, right? Everybody needs that in their lives. And if you're married, you should be cheerleaders for each other. Don't beat the other person down. My God, every now and then say, you are awesome. My God, you're awesome. Hello. And by the way, ladies, believe it or not, your husbands need to hear that. Because men tend to, at least on the exterior, be a little tougher, a little... But Don't think that doesn't mean there's a part of us doesn't need to be cheered on. Amen. Can you shout amen? amen? Number six, it means to back someone. I like that. See, God said, I'm, he said, I'm, I'm going to be right there with you. We encourage us and we say, listen, yeah, I'm with you on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about this. Yeah, I got you on this. You, you, you're going to make it, yeah. right? And then finally, uh, number seven, it means to give someone a shot in the arm. And that doesn't mean like at the office. You know, that's a saying. But this is literally what it means. It means like, come on, man, let's go. Come on, on. it's in you. I know it's in you. Come on, come on. You got this. Can you shout amen? This is what God was doing to Joshua. He said, yeah, Moses is dead. We know that he's dead. Okay, you got all these people. They're screaming and hollering. They're a mess. I don't even like dealing with them. But I'm I'm telling you, you can do this. So what? God was doing in Joshua 1 is encouraging Joshua yeah. to tell him yeah there's a huge task ahead of you one that not even Moses could pull off but I believe in you and you can do it we need that in our lives when we go through a hardship we go through a hard time when somebody when we, lose a, we lose it something we need someone to tell us I believe in you you're going to make it can you say amen It's more than a compliment. Encouragement is more than a compliment. It's recognizing the God part in a person. So I'm not just complimenting you. I'm recognizing the God part in you. Can you say amen? Encouragement from people you respect is critical. And I'll just have to close here. I wish I didn't. But but the three that made the biggest, or I can say four in my life. My mother was an encourager to me. We were raised in poverty. There was, no, there was nothing to be encouraged about when you woke up in the houses that I was raised in. There was nothing to be encouraged about when we got in the car, the one car that we had, that was always a jalopy, that was always a piece of junk, that was a hoopty. There was nothing to be discouraged. there was nothing to be encouraged about when I saw all the stuff going on in my home and the chaos. There was nothing, to be, but my mother. In the middle of all of that, my mother put some courage in me. You can get courage in the middle of anything. My teacher, I always, once or twice a year, I have to talk about it just for a minute. You know her name Miss Gaia, G A I A, Miss Gaia, was my sixth grade teacher. She, I, I, I excelled in school, and she just took some wood and threw it on that fire already. She got that fire blessing. William, you can do anything, you can be anything you ever want to be. And she wrote that on my report card. Farewell to an excellent student, she said. And even though I wandered around and bumbled around in my early teen years and lost my way a little bit, I would lie down at night. This is no joke. And I would think about it. I even, I used to have it. I don't have it anymore. I used to get that report card out after I was in a mess and failing and would read her words. You can do this. You can be anything. Yeah. Are you listening to me? My wife, oh my gosh, I mentioned it earlier. Her encouragement meant everything. She encouraged me before you ever showed up. We didn't have a church. We didn't have a building. We didn't have a congregation. We didn't have any money. We didn't have, we didn't have, we didn't have, we didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, you know all the stories, but she was an encourager to me. From day one, you, you can do this. And then of course my pastor, Dr. Barkley, has been an encourager. Are right, you listening to me? You need to find people that are encouraging, that will encourage you that will put some courage inside of you so that this discouragement doesn't produce all of its little babies that I mentioned, that it wants to produce in your life. Once you get into discouragement, you stop. You can't go any further while you're discouraged. You are are immobilized when you get into discouragement. So you you have to find your courage somewhere else. This country is in a complete, total collapse. Am I not right? We got a president that doesn't know how to talk. We got another one that's been indicted twice. We got a Congress that hates each other, are always hurling insults everywhere. You go out into the community and people are just mad about everything. Hello, but I'm not discouraged because when there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. As for me and my house, I may not be able to. I, I don't govern the whole. country, but I govern my house, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and we're going to have some fun, and we're going to laugh, and we're going to enjoy life, life, and we're going to do what God's called us to do in Jesus' name.
0: You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is LivestreamChurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.